so today is a, a, a I want to welcome uh, Michael Benson to the the In My Feels podcast, who is a um, a listener of the show who wrote me in a, you know super courageous message. You know, I've had previous um, uh, listeners uh, hit me up with their heartfelt messages and. And I fully put. I love it. I love. I love when people are courageous enough to kind of reach out to me and everything else. So before I kind of dive in of of the pre pretense of of the podcast, um, you know, I, I always ask the same question: thoughts, feelings, emotions, um, conditionings, knowings, um, everything on the inside creates your outside ex- exterior. So my question for you, Michael, is: How are you feeling right now in this moment? Um, transparent. Okay, there we go. I'm transparent. Yeah. There we um, go. <laughs> you are a reflection of yourself. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, it's really cool being here like, and, and talk to you. Because like I said, um, I think I wrote you in a message how, you know, on the journey that I'm on, I think one day I was just going, just looking for podcasts. And I'm, I'm like new to the podcast world. And um, I got recommended a couple of things, but I think I just put in feelings <laughs> and uh, in my feels popped up and man, as soon as I turned it on, like I, I listened to a few episodes and I just like, I loved it. And it's um like the, your show is probably like one of the things that are, that is definitely a part of my recovery. And um, just, you know, a few of the shows like really hit me where I, just, just the natural, you know, we don't deal with our, I don't think we, deal with our feelings a lot as human beings and we're we're raised to especially as men you know get past it or get over it or bottle it up i have to seem like the strong one hyper masculine um you know you know it um i mean even though i grew up in my household we use the word love a lot but we weren't really taught about love Mm -hmm. and like um what it entails and you know it's just to be where I'm at now and, and have to process feelings. The show has been like a very helpful with that, just to deal with like an, on a, on an understandable and relatable level, you know? So thank you. Yeah, I'm just, um, yeah, man. I love that. I mean, you know, the reason for me doing this, sh- this show is specifically for that, you know, um, I, I, I say many times of, you know, I pretty much, went through a part of my life where I was just tired of people Mm. to a point where I would, and and now I understand the reason why I was because my frequency I was putting out was attracting people who I resonated with emotionally. I just couldn't distinguish between the two. There was no separating. Mm. There was no, I'm alive. I'm a living being. This is me and my conditionings. I am responsible, accountable for everything in front of me. No one else is to blame, but me. And once I kind of, started understanding that that notion of power, not necessarily powers in terms of, you know, that type of power, but the power within yourself mm. to know that, you know, we are of God, we are creators of, of the, our whole universe. Again, I'm not religious per se, but spiritually speaking, it all makes sense. And once you have that accountability, there's nothing that you cannot do or, or overcome, should I say? Yeah, no, I totally, that totally resonates with me. I mean, um, I mean, like, I think probably where um, I even get into it, like going into, I I just recently did rehab. Um, I'm sitting at about like, yeah, 250 days sober right now. And um, I went through rehab and it's a Ken Seeley Communities. And uh, we did this thing called the trauma egg where you, you, know, like, you just date all your traumas in life. 
and um, you walk through them uh, and you do it with pictures that you draw. And I'm not an artist in that sense, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, Ken Seeley's theory was that we connect better with like the visual aspect of it versus writing it down. And, um, you know, it was crazy at the end of my trauma egg, he looked at it and he goes, you know, you've been searching for acceptance all your life, you know, and, um, that really like struck me. And, um, even more so like what he said, he wrote down a list that like, I had all these people that I put on this pedestal, whether it was my parents, um, a couple pastors, uh, just people who really like spoke to me in life. And, um, and I want to use the right verbiage here. Um, they had ideas that I adopted that I would just really let course through my veins, which caused me to build an expectation from them and from life. And then my world shattered when I didn't, those expectations weren't fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And it, where those people failed me, I really, um, it really broke me per se. And it wasn't their fault, you know, but I was, I wanted to be accepted by them and I would do things that they would tell me to do. And when they maybe didn't follow through or couldn't just because they're human, it just took me astray. Like I just went left field, like, Oh, then forget all the, forget everything I know. And I'm going to go like destroy everything. And, um, and I was, I didn't even know I was doing that in that time. I just got a bad case of the efforts and, um, just went on a, a very destructive path, like in my life. But, um, yeah, he, he told me to list all the things that I needed from those people. And then he said, he raced them off the board and give all those things to yourself. And you'll find that you can be accepted anywhere. And, um, you know, and that was like, just like the first step to, oh, <laughs> you know, like, a, really, like, you know, and I, I couldn't, I, I might have beat myself up for a couple of days after that, because it was such a simple concept. And it was, it's such a simple thing. And, you know, that was a building block that I've, I've been building on ever since. And it's worked wonders in my life. Like, you know, just, I mean, even just waking up today, I didn't, I didn't wake up in the greatest mood today. Um, I didn't, I didn't wake up. I mean, certain things carried over from last night, a conversation with my girlfriend and such and such. And um, I got into, when we first started our conversation, I got into a mode of future tripping. Like, what are we going to do next? Cause I mean, when I say transparent, if you look in the back of me, you see bunk beds. <laughs> I, I live in a sober living right now and it's a total reset in my life. But that was that, the disparity in the, in the place that I was in 251 days ago, um, I needed a certain level of humbling and starting over to even be able to approach life again and to be able to approach life as a whole person versus falling back into all the things that got me in my situation in the first place. Yeah. And I mean, I was a gnarly meth addict yeah. or I am a gnarly meth addict. Um, I was successful. I was in the Navy, got out of the Navy, had a successful career. It's doing music. I'm an electrician by trade, a good earner. And, but never woke up with gratitude for any of that. Always woke up with, I guess, a, a high level of expectancy. Like I'm supposed to have this, I'm supposed to do this. And I'm supposed to have a beautiful woman. I'm supposed to have beautiful children. Um, and even though we have a decent amount of things, it's not enough because um, I don't, I'm not I'm not in competition. Well, I'm not, I don't, I'm not competing with 
what I see out in the world and what I see on TV and like the, the Mercedes and the, all this and just trying to grasp all these like, I won't say not important, but yeah, not important thing where I had a lot of, I had, a, I had access to a lot of love. I had access to um, doing whatever I wanted to do creatively. Um, and yeah, waking up to like, a, not just a beautiful woman, but like a, just a soulmate, you know? And um, I, I lost grasp of those things. And then I lost those things. I lo- like completely, <laughs> I was living in Seattle and I took a, uh, I just got, caught up in and of course my use and then self-pity and just those those um I think I, I read somewhere I think I read in the book of Osho um he said a, a belief is a thought that you keep thinking somewhere in there and um I just had these beliefs about what I'm supposed to have and you know just support me whoa me whoa me and uh and then on top of that to mask it all I wouldn't even show it I wouldn't even talk about those things that I felt on the inside. I will walk with this um, exterior, like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> and, you know, just this over macho, um, just even, I don't even want to blame it on where I, where I grew up, but just this over, overly compensating masculine, like quick to quick, the violence, quick to the punch um, state stating my terror. It's like, you know, like, pissing everywhere <laughs> like yep. like a dog you know just marking my territory everywhere which you know I just it was like a false sense of like I had these friends and oh we would be so close but like I'd have to stand out and a lot of times similarly they would too and a lot of times it just didn't work <laughs> you know and uh and it was just you know just living living in that lifestyle and um once again searching for acceptance you know like um so yeah I mean now, like sitting here today and after having all that humbling experience, um, accepting that and then embracing it more and just like trying to move forward in life mm-hmm. with a with a with a, a more fixed up inner self. Yeah. Before I even approach the outside world, you know, that's beautiful. I mean, uh, like, I, I mean, I, I grew up with bunk beds, so it feels completely natural to me. Um, <laughs> everything you said, I can completely resonate with. You know, I broke up with the exes, you know, I had drink problems, um, all that type of, so I, I completely resonate. I'm, I'm also an electrician by trade. Um, as you know, when you come from a kind of working class background, the trade side of it is something that is kind of instilled in you that you need to do in case the shit that you actually want to do, want to do goes fucked up. Yeah. And it's kind of starting to break up, which is kind of strange because electricians make dough. And I mean like fucking plumbers and they're always, especially in the UK, you know, they're always seen as this like lower class of working class people, mm. but you try and hire an electrician or a plumber, you can't find one because they're always right. fucking working and yeah. it's just the application to it. Uh, but just to kind of give my, 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 my uh, the listeners kind of just some background on you, I'm just going to read a, a couple of the, the things that you sent me just so that they can kind mm-hmm. of, you know, set the story and, and everything else. Oh, uh, you know, Michael hit me on Instagram uh, saying he was a, a resident of sober living um, his experience landing, uh, he was an, he see, he says, I am an addict, but again, I want to dive into this. I have a question for you as well. Mm-hmm. I am an addict with a, with a crazy story. My experience landed me on, on the show intervention after a three year meth run in Vegas, uh, originally moved there to pursue my dream as a music producer. Anyway, I have, uh, 236 days, which is now 250 
uh, days clean and stumbling across your podcast has been such a blessing. Your re- recent solo show confirmed so many of my recent feels in regards to manifesting. 250 days ago, I personally had to surrender all my will, my ideas, wants, resentments, uh, judgments, beliefs, habits to a higher power of my understanding. And literally from, the point, um, from that point on, I've lived in gratitude, meditation, patience, humbleness, compassion and love. Literally, the very things um, that I have slightly, uh, that I even slightly think about asking my higher power are laid before me. Um, and instead, is that me? Or is that you? Is that me? Yeah. So, uh, are laid before me, my feet, uh, before I even ask. And instead, uh, I say to God, whatever it is that you have for me, I prefer it in my own wants. And then you go and talk about the Osho books, which are some of my favorite books ever. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I mean, your story is, I mean, so many people can relate to it. I definitely can relate to it. I, you know, growing up, I was around drug addicts and prostitutions and everything else. And I realized that, you know, we are who our thoughts. And because again, it's very difficult for me because I run across many spiritual leaders who will sugar. I feel like they sugarcoat things. Mm-hmm. It's not you. It's, you know, you can manifest anything you want, but you can also manifest the things you don't want because we're constantly thinking about the things we don't want or the lack of things we want. Definitely. So, and I think now you can separate yourself from you being in that time period of the three years as, as the drug addict and separating yourself and understanding everything that was in your life, then you attracted and mm. even more powerfully. So, because you kept it inside, which is mm. a festering of feelings and everything bundled up, bundled up, festering, festering, festering. And it eventually had to explode, man, <sighs> which is kind of what you, what you spoke about during your, your, your thing. Um, I, I kind of want to do what I mean, you you briefly touched upon. What do you think specifically? I know you led you to where you was, but obviously, you know, at a time when you didn't understand that that you, the outside exterior to you was what was causing you to become an addict. Mm. What? How did it start? Let, let, let's start at the, the kind of beginning of that, which led into you. Then, obviously, you traveling to Vegas and then the kind of three year stint. I mean, I, I think it started innocently enough. I mean, um. My first drink, uh, my first drink was at a time of sorrow and I was 13. So I just, um, we had just lost my Nana, um, my grandmother. And man, I remember, I remember that night, it was a bottle of E&J and uh, my older cousin, he offered me a shot. He said, you know, cause we had this connection with her. We were the older ones. And um. It was cool because our time was separated. Like he got his 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 youth and his teenage years with her. And then I came along. So I got my youth and my teenagers along with her, um, my early teens. So we had this separated relationship with her. So but we me and him as the younger ones out of the family were probably hurting the most with missing her. And he he gave me a shot. And even at that age, I just I took that shot and it burned. But I was like, whoa. You know, and I felt because all my uncles and aunties and everyone was, you know, in that moment, I felt apart. And um, I I probably from that moment associated now probably wasn't another couple of years. I think I had maybe three shots that night and maybe another couple of years down the line. I figured out a way to buy alcohol. And so it just started to progress. Then when I got to the military, the military's, um, <clears throat> I mean, I went through my party years and stuff. But then when I joined the military at like age 23, now I had, I was a dancer and I had traveled. So I was experimenting here and there, but 
I was an athlete and I was a dancer and I, I was, I like went to London for a while and of course had my, my drinking spells there, but it was never, it was always harmless. When it got to the Navy though, it was a little different <clears throat> because secretly you're celebrated for how much you can drink. I think in any military, so I think any military member can um, relate to that. Um, but I still wouldn't say I was an addict there. But then um, after getting out of the military, I just, I had a situation where I ended up trying cocaine for the first time. And um, that was a game changer for me, really, because it just felt superhuman. And um, I, I can only equate it to all these things that I grew up with, whether um, it was the pressure from my parents, um, when the way they raised us, they, they raised us pretty strict. And, uh, you know, sometimes just, they, it was maybe like, uh, not maybe, but it was abusive sometimes. And, um, walking with all of that and not knowing how to express that and not wanting to be a victim. Um, you know, even as a child, I, I, su I suffered like multiple, not from my parents, but from other people, multiple different types of abuse, not being able to express that and know how you walk with that. And then you take a, a liquid or a powder or something that makes that all go away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, <clears throat> you know, the, I mean, addiction is a disease. And to put it in like simple terms, all it is is uh, I don't have an off switch. I don't have an off switch. So <clears throat> in that very moment where we call them normies, a normal person could do some cocaine or do could do they'll be like, all right, cool. It was what it was and walk away. Mm -hmm. I got to have more and more and more and it won't stop. So, I mean, be, before, before the addiction started, there was these things where I would walk into a room and my sponsor says this all the time. He's like, you know, I walk into a room and you know, I identify with that person. I don't like that person or that person's not going to like me, or I'm going to fit in with them, you know, and you're making all these assumptions about things. Um, and you're probably like totally completely wrong. But your mind is saying all these things already and putting all this pressure on the situation where really all you're required to do is if you want, walk in and say hello. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you we you know, I've, I overcomplicated these things in life. So <clears throat> when I started doing drugs and, and doing alcohol, all those complications in my mind went away. All those thoughts that are just constantly moving, they go away and I can be myself or at least be comfortable in my own skin for the time being. But that, the other thing that happens with an addict is all that goes away. I mean, if you get into the science part of it, you got the dopamine levels that bounce back and forth between the receptors. And this is all, this is stuff that goes on in everyone's mind. Like, you know, you have these levels, like um, as a child, Apple has a reward system to it and the dopamine levels bounce back and forth. That's good. But when you take drugs, that Apple gets erased and like cocaine is at the top now. Meth is at the top because meth will release a thousand i don't know what the exact measurement of it is but you need 90 like 90 for the day 90 dopamine for the day meth will release a thousand so that 90 is gone mm -hmm. <laughs> and give me the thousand but then it stops producing that because you burn everything out you know you can't you, you deplete all that dopamine so it, that's where it goes south like super south um they're always chasing this high that you're never going to achieve and um I mean, a real addict doesn't really know how to like take some time off. <laughs> like, yep, yep. You know, you just keep going. 
you know, but <clears throat> I say that's where it started. Like, um, and I think anybody can like identify with that. Like with once the, you get these, these emotions and these feelings, they go away and that you think you're cured, you know, you think you're free. So, I mean, I guess chasing, not knowingly chasing freedom from my mind, my own mind is where it started. Yeah. And I mean, I guess to like expand on that a little bit, like today, I find I'm finding that there's other tools that I can find that freedom in, you know, like even just waking up in the morning, getting into gratitude. Um, I meditate every morning. My, my meditation every day is what is seven days off of my sobriety time. Like I started meditating a week into um, rehab and I didn't know what I was doing at all. <laughs> like it's yeah. just like, I didn't know what I was doing. And then um, now today, like, you know, it's, it's just like a whole different thing. Like I, I'm not, I, I don't know. Some people say they go and travel places and stuff like that. I, like in their mind and stuff. I don't really do that, but I get this quiet mind after a while. And man, it's such a place of peace. And I can let, I can let, I can let the spirit in and it talks to me and not, not in the form of words, I guess, but just a feeling of mm -hmm. everything's okay. Yeah. And you're where you're supposed to be. Absolutely. You know? I love that. I mean, uh, to be honest, I meditate and I still don't know what I'm doing. Genuinely. I mean, <laughs> every day is different. Some days, you know, I'm meditating and I'm like this, that was a terrible meditation. Other days, I'm like, that was great. Other days, I'm, right. I can feel myself kind of attempting to float. But that kind of, I guess it's not the fear factor because I, I don't fear it, but it's that kind of physicalness that kind of keeping me here, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, I mean, you, you, I guess, you know, because I'm asking for something because I, I know addicts and I know, you know, uh, people who have had addictions, should I say. Um, would you identify yourself as an addict? Because I mean... If I was to yeah. ask you, you know, who are you? I always find this question super difficult because it's not one I would answer. I, I, I could answer, you know, I'm just me. And then that, that's kind of, I guess that's the easy way out. You know, I'm not, I'm not the things I do. I'm not, you know, my age because I wasn't that age through previous lives. Uh, my previous um, experiences, you know, when I was born of zero, now I'm, you know, 36, 37, so I'm not my age. I'm on my name. So I write down my name. I'm not my name. Those are just letters. Mm -hmm. So if I was to ask you who you are, would you still identify as, as an addict? Yes, through and through. I mean, today, yes. Um, I'm a recovering addict. Mm -hmm. But um, I, feel, I, I feel like in this stage of my life, if I get away from, I have to be brutally honest with myself. Even before anybody else, I have to look in the mirror and um, although I don't have to beat myself up over things, I do have to own the things that I have done mm -hmm. or, you know, and, and of course my past doesn't define my, where I'm going, you know, um, my, it, for some people it can, but it doesn't have to define, it can, it can, def it can contribute to the attributes I gain. It can, um, it can contribute to the pathway that I, that I intend to walk or, um, or that is bestowed upon me to walk. But, um, I wear, I've heard recently also that your, the, the worst things that you've done in your past become, can become your greatest assets. You know what I mean? Um, I honestly, one of the reasons that I definitely identify as an addict because 
there's somebody out there who's having trouble with identifying as one. Mm -hmm. And that is the very thing that will keep them becoming a beautiful person. That is the very thing that will keep them in captivity, um, mentally, physically, everything. Um, and I only know that because I was there. I would, I would, this, this is my, this was my second time going through rehab. And that first time is so pivotal for me because I really get to think back up internally where I, I, I went through this rehab and I, I played the game, you know, I, I passed all their, their written tests and all this stuff. And I answered all their questions like very effectively. And, um, everyone was saying good job on the way you you got it. But there was this older guy, older gentleman there. He just looked at me and um, he was like, man, you ain't shit. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> and like, I'm like, what? It's like, you know, and I wasn't even trying to fool him, but he really broke it down to me in that moment. He said, you haven't reached your bottom yet. And he was like, yeah, you'll be back. Maybe not here, but you'll be back. And I had resentment after that, you know? But um, I mean, back to the back to the question, like I for me personally right now, I have to continue to identify as an addict because before that reason, you know, there's somebody else out there who who needs help with in that area. And mm -hmm. um, you know, why not if 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 we cross paths, if they can see me do it, then maybe they'll do it too. Maybe, you know. That's beautiful. I mean, that's such a different perspective. That kind of you know, when I read um, these books or these spiritual books or having these conversations, I always feel like I level up. Like, you know, when you read a quote, like you read an Osho quote and you're like, oh, shit, I never <laughs> used to think like that. I am leveling yeah. up. And I do that kind of there's a few times on occasions. And that was one where I just, OK, I leveled up. Now I understand, you know, what it feels like to be an addict per se from your experience. Mm. As in you say, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily just about you. It's about someone who can't, who's not identifying with the fact that they have a problem. I think that's mm -hmm. beautiful because I could, because I used to see, you know, people online, you know, five years sober, um, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but if you took a picture of yourself from five years ago, you're not the same person, but right. you're still identifying with the five year of you ago. And I'm trying mm -hmm. to, you know, mentally now move people into the now, the, you know, you two, 250 days ago, you weren't meditating. You weren't, I had, a, had a, a, a quiet mind mindset. You weren't jumping on this podcast. You weren't trying to change your life health consciously. I didn't and even have a phone. The, 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 <laughs> so, you, so you are not you, the addict anymore. But right. I understand now that you identify with that because it's purely for the fact it's the reminder of you're leveling up every time because you are no mm -hmm. longer that. Right. That's, that's, I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, even, even down to like the, um, you know, I mean, then not to get like too far into like the program, but like, it's just such a cool way to live when, I mean, I don't know if you ever looked at the 12 steps or anything like mm -hmm. that. Um, that's, the, you know, that's what I'm in. And one of the main aspects of it is us helping each other because, you know, doctors try and, um, professionals and, you know, psych you know, everyone has their, their take and their theory and, there's no dream that I know of. There's no dream medication or anything that, or, or any hypnosis, nothing that really like deters an addict, you know, like um, the only thing so far that I've seen that people who follow it and, and go through with it, it's been the 12 steps. And one of that, one of the key aspects of it is to help another addict. And um, 
I'll speak from personal experience, especially like even with my sponsor, like the best, like, like when we got on here and, and you, uh, you said, um, you know, like, it's so cool that you're an electrician by trade, you know, and that, that me being able to relate to you on that level. And then you went into how, you know, like when you need an electrician, you can't, you know, you understand certain aspects, you know, so you can take that same exact thing and apply it to addiction. You know what I mean? Where we're going to have these stories. I'm going to have these fierce secrets. And I do. But the day that I got honest with my sponsor, and it's so crazy. I mean, these, these are things they were plaguing me. Oh, just, I can't believe I did all that. I can't believe it. And I got honest with him. Mm-hmm. I told him. And here I am. I'm waiting for the judgment, waiting for all this stuff. And he goes, man, I did that exact same thing, bro. I'm glad you told me that because, <laughs> you know, that's the kind of thing that, that, that keeps a man from feeling like he's a man. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next. Yeah. Yep. And it was like, it wasn't this heart. It wasn't this heart wrenching. Like I can, you know, it was just, it was just an, a, a beautiful thing. And like, I could only be that honest with him. I think if he related to me from the beginning, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm an addict too. Like me and, him, and I'm not, well, me and him have a lot of uh, things that we both engage in in life. Like, you know, like we're both musicians. Um, and it was crazy. Like he spoke at me. I heard him speak. And he was telling my life, but he never spoke anything about music. He didn't speak anything about sports. He just went into like this whole mental thing. And I'm like, whoa, that's exactly how I think. So when I asked him to be my sponsor and later on this magic thing happens where we're talking on the phone, he's like, oh yeah, I do beats too. Oh yeah, I do this too. Oh yeah. And I'm like, this is weird, bro. But that's like the magic of this program that that I'm in. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You find these instances all the time and then your life starts to unlock. And um, it is work. Yeah. It is work. It, oh, yeah. It, you know, it's work. It's work like anything else. I mean, the majority of us don't. I mean, because when I speak about these things, this is me consistently working on my mental state. Like as I'm doing these podcasts and I'm doing everything else, it's it's me learning about myself as well as. And it is. It's work. Like you talk about meditation. Yeah. All right. You, every Anyone could take 10 minutes out of a day to sit in mindfulness. Mm-hmm. But it's actually doing it i mean there's some days where i don't feel like doing it i don't do it and you're like well it was only 10 minutes and you're like yeah but you know that's 10 minutes i could do watching netflix or doing something else something easy working Mm -hmm. on your mental state and diving within yourself is not easy and that's where Mm -hmm. the 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 kind of atomic habits come in but but i I like what you said about the kind of you know the judgments I, i i actually just went for a three mile run before this podcast and I was listening to another audiobook that I, that you should actually listen to or read. Uh, it's called uh, Conversations with God. Okay. And it's basically a guy who writes an angry letter to God, not not spiritual, not religious, not any of those type of things, and someone answers him in his mind in his own head and he's and he says, "Well, how do I know this isn't a figment of my imagination?" He goes, "Does it really matter if it is?" And I'm like, "Holy shit, it really doesn't." So, and he has this dialogue with God, which at one point is a man, one point is a woman, because there's no gender to God. I guess the religion creates the father son type thing because mm. we see God as a parent, but that's mm. not the thing. God is just everything. Um, yeah. And he talks about judgment. He asks, you know what? I always judge myself and all this type of stuff. You know, I feel like when I leave this physical existence, I'm going to be judged. And he says, well, if your humanity judges themselves anyway, why, when you're not in physical form, would I then judge you again? Mm. It makes no sense. Mm. And I was like, holy shit, I just leveled up again. 
because yeah. I'm like, we, we put so much restraints on, on judgment. Like you said, it's, it's, it's judging ourselves. You know, you go into a room and you're looking at everyone being like, I can't relate to that person. This, this is, it's because it's, it's the insecurity within yourself that is coming out of you, which is re- then you're, you're relating it to other people. <sighs> That's deep. Right. And it's, and it's this con- conversation, this dialogue and it's, and, and, and you know, it's, it's, Surround yourself with things that you want to see and hear, and then it will keep you on the path that you need to be on. Because if you're there watching shit or listening to shit, that's going into your subconscious. Yeah. You know, normally. Um, so your time in, I mean, so the Vegas initially was, you wasn't an addict before you got to Vegas or you, you wasn't no, an addict? I was, I was, no, I was, a, I was an addict. I wasn't, was a, yeah, no, I knew I was an addict before I moved to Vegas. And I mean, um, just I mean, that situation of how I got there, I mean, my, my girlfriend, I had relapsed at like a, at six months and I was, I'm the type of person that hides things in plain sight. So, mm-hmm. um, I had my bag of drugs, like out near my equipment and just her knowing me as a human and seeing that I was off, she just knows me. So, <laughs> um, she went and checked that bag and I'm leaving to go out to wherever and she just hurry up she catches me and it wasn't an argument she wasn't like mean or anything and she just held the bag up and like with this hurt look in her face but she did say let's come in and let's talk about it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you're in a safe place but i think like most addicts um we can give us credit for i said let me go finish this first and uh, i'll come back later tonight and um that later tonight turned into like maybe like few weeks later maybe sooner i got this wise idea in my head that i would go and chase, continue to chase my dreams in vegas um i had some prospects there and things that I, I had going and really what i was doing really what my addiction was doing was putting space between me and those that cared about me and i mean i'm i'm personifying this addiction thing but it put me in a place where no one could interfere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No one could interfere with what the path, this path. And um, that's exactly what Vegas became. I mean, not to talk bad about Vegas, but it's a 24 hour, it's the sin city, you know, mm-hmm. it's 24 hours. You can find whatever you need, whatever you want to do there. And um, no one's going to like, no one's really going to judge you there. Yeah. You know, and um, that really kind of, that opened up Sodom and Gomorrah for me. And um with no i just i just no and from then on like everything just got worse you know um i had a a new girlfriend and um everything almost was about to go right with the addiction but there's just like this spiritual aspect of it that i have to connect with where the job that i almost got didn't happen then something crazy happened like her daughter crashed the car and we got evicted from the place we were living she up and left with her daughter and went back to wherever they were at and um i was stuck i was stuck in vegas so i just formed an alliance with the <clears throat> first person first people i found mm-hmm. and that just always is it the best thing and that's no that's that's no judgment on the person though the people that i linked up with that's more so just a scenario of you moving into a hustling mode where 
now it's going to be hotel to hotel and um, trying to make your dream happen at the same time. And then just really just spinning out of control. Yeah. You know, buying like where you're supposed to use your money to do this, to eat. <laughs> you're supposed to where you end up buying drugs and then you're telling yourself you're selling drugs. But it's really just to support your habit mm-hmm. and everyone else is around you. And you figure if you invest. And I mean, I like in life, like, you know, like if you sow into fertile ground, you'll reap good benefits. But the same thing is if you sow into non-fertile ground or ground that's fertile in like a, a, a messed up area, you're going to reap that, too. Yeah. So as quick as I would get someone else high, I was only doing it because I know later on down the line when I didn't have, they would. Yeah. And I get to reap the benefits of what I sold earlier. And I mean, it's just give and take those. I feel like those things, they work everywhere in life, just depending on where you're planting your seeds, you know? Um, yep. yep. And it, I don't know how that turned into three years. How I did, was only supposed to. How did but, your, I mean, can you, can you equate your, you inside internalized as your outside experience? Can you now separate yourself from you and, and realize that is, you, you were supposed to be there because based on who you were at that time? Oh man, I, I run through that. I run through different levels of that um, daily. Like <clears throat> even just to be here talking to you and like, um, you know, and I'll be honest, like with the, like when I first heard your show, I was like, man, I, I wish I could talk to this guy. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and it'd just be cool. And I, I felt like that was a manifestation in itself. Um, where those things seem possible to me now, before, like, you know, <clears throat> spiritually, I was just shut off, you know. So I could, I could, and this is where the gratitude comes in. I could get into uh what I don't have and what I what I can't do and all this, or I can just see like the fact that I can wake up in the morning and be in a bad mood. And then I can put certain tools into, into place. Like I can, I can meditate, I can read, I can pray. Um, and even more importantly, I can do something to help someone else real quick. Even if it's something light, like whatever, like cook for somebody, if it's something minor and it's going to move me out of that bad mood. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, you know what I mean? And that's something I didn't I couldn't composite. That's, that's the separation. The, the tools that I have in effect that I, um, I don't sit in, I don't just sit in my feelings anymore and do, do the whole woe is me dance anymore. Like, you know, like I can actually recognize when I'm in a dangerous place, even though I'm not even down the street from going to go do drugs. Like I live in a very nice area and uh, I'm around safe people. I'm no, I'm a far cry from going to pick up some dope right now. But where it starts is with the emotions and am I like being in my feelings. And if I don't do something to change them and not so much per se change, if I don't do something to shift into a different thought process, into a different feel, then I'm, I'm walking a dangerous road, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, it's, it's daily maintenance. It's daily maintenance. It's not, I'm going to feel good for the rest of my life. no. My friend, some of my, my friends are going to pass away. Um, some of my family members are going to pass. I'm going to hit financial woes. My girl's going to call me about my son getting hurt. Some things, things are going to happen. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I have to have, I still have to implement those tools. And that's up to me. Yeah. Like that's up to me to, even if it's just some, sometimes I pick up my phone to call my sponsor and, you know, yeah, he just talks me, he talks me out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. See, I mean, um, but how, you, you don't know any of those things that are going to happen. 
you you if you see this yeah. is, this, this this is the point of you know I don't I don't prepare for rainy days because I maintain right, right. my mental state now so that the next moment is not going to be rain or or, or as far as is again in terms of my universe for me mm-hmm. per se I can't I can't manifest for my wife I can't manifest for my young right. child I can help guide them with the the mental state of the power they all possess can't I can't you know manifest for my my parents or any type of stuff I just know that we are here not to find ourselves we're here to learn who we want to become mm. you see because when mm. when you because I even I, when I start unraveling like who am I who am I I knew who I was before I came here as in into this physical incarnation or however you want to talk talk about it um but you forget it because then you wouldn't have the free will to do what you're doing now in this physical existence if you knew right. about your past shit how can you live truly in the now knowing the fact that you know your past shit it's, yeah. it's, everything's a learning curve so you know uh when people pass on it's only the energy transformation it's not necess- it's not them gone it's just them transformed different yeah. levels of mm-hmm. transformation um and to be honest I, like i love this conversation i mean you're spiritually getting me so thinking about myself and, and, and what I can do. Cause you know, I shut myself off from everyone. I mean, literally I, I'm mm-hmm. pretty much a hermit now, you know, I do these podcasts and I communicate with you guys and I want to help people, but mm-hmm. I still, I, 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 I like to keep distance because I like to protect myself. And there may be some elements mm-hmm. of selfishness in that and all that type of stuff, but I operate better when there's less distractions, you know, I have a cup, you know, my businesses are doing great. Everything is because I'm allowing them to run for me rather than me trying to drive where I think they're going to go. Yeah. It's not limiting myself. Um, and it's the atomic habit of it. You know, I, I talk about it previously on the shows. Addiction is a habit. It's an atomic habit. It becomes a habit because you do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, the reward is you not then thinking about all your shit that you, you think you have to think about. It takes that away. So therefore you're creating, whether it's a good or a bad habit, you're creating a habit. Yep. And to uncondition the habit, uh, another book you should read is Atomic Habits, which is a phenomenal book. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, yeah. Genius book. And he says how to break a bad habit and replace it with a good habit. Habits are something that have rewards, whether they're good or bad. Your habit is obviously the, the, the drug aspect of it, which is the escapism from who you mm-hmm. are or the, your daily feels for yourself. You become someone mm-hmm. else. That's the reward. So for me, for example, the healthy consciousness now of me, when I go running, sometimes I'm like, this is fucking horrible. But I go running because I listen to conversations with God or I listen to Abraham Hicks or I listen to Atomic Habits or Breath or any of these type of audiobooks. And those are the only times I listen to audiobooks is when I run. And I fucking love audiobooks. Yeah. So therefore, that has become a good habit based on the fact that I've rewarded myself with that. Obviously, that's a fucking stupid, simple extreme, but we can do that with everything in our everything. lives. Mm-hmm. What was, I mean, I mean, I don't want to dive too much on the, on the, the aspect of it. I mean, I've done many drugs myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't do any more, you know, per se. You know, I smoke weed of, of an evening when the baby goes down, little couple puffs and watch a little something. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? I mean, Meth. I mean, that seems like a very extreme type of drug. I mean, I can't vision myself taking meth. I can yeah. vision myself doing mushrooms and, you know, I've mm-hmm. done cocaine, all that type of stuff. What, where were you at in your life for that attraction to meth to come to you emotionally? Um, emotionally, I wasn't doing 
so I, I had success. Like I was, <clears throat> like I was a good electrician, very good electrician. Um, and had a lot of like music stuff going on. But um, I wasn't dealing with I wasn't dealing with the traumas of my past. I wasn't dealing with um. I just wasn't I wasn't being real with myself. But uh, the scenario in which it happened is I went to go buy cocaine and all they had was meth and i just really wanted to get high <laughs> so i ended up trying the meth and it was like cheaper stronger and, and, and like mm-hmm. you, it was easier to get so um it became like more of a convenience thing but i had no idea what i was i mean cocaine was bad enough but i had no idea what i was getting myself up to i mean getting myself into um that if I could really, if I can walk in that moment of like what I was feeling, it was just the escapism. Um, I was been completely honest. I was living, I had no gratitude for anything. And I didn't real I didn't realize that until I really like jumped into like my recovery and really like just submerged myself in it. How much gratitude I lacked in life, period. You know, like and I'm pretty sure some people would be like, man, you really got it going on, bro. But I just never, I never saw that. Like I, I never saw that. And um, my, me and my girl were talking about it before. It was just like, in the most negative way, like um, to use that term, I I wanted to level up at such a a crazy rate and such a crazy speed, and um, because I had these expectations of life, and like. I had all this great stuff and it just wasn't, it just wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So in a, in a way it all got taken away. And um, I'm, I'm even like today I live with such gratitude. I'm even so grateful for that because I don't feel like without that experience that I would have ever learned to love myself. Therefore I would have never been able to love anyone else or be a pillar in God's kingdom. You know what I mean? And be of service to anybody else and be, um, I mean, I, I liken life to, or our lives to, you know, dropping pebbles in a, uh, in a, in a pond or, a, or, a, or a, a huge pool. And we're all doing it at the same time. We're all dropping these, these pebbles and they're expand like the, the waves are expanding and they intertwine with each other. And, you know, you ever notice when you look at that, like in physical form, it's beautiful, like how beautiful that is. And it's not like this maniacal thing. <laughs> and, um, but I feel like in the physical, like, in, like us as people, we make sometimes these things out to be so maniacal. I mean, all, all I'm saying is that I feel like when my ripple, the stones I'm casting now, when my ripple expands out into the world, I don't, I might not necessarily meet that person that I affect, but I, I would love for it to be in a positive effect, even if it is me greeting a person at the grocery store that made their day better. And so they were in a better position later on to bless somebody with something because just because I said hello, but not because I'm the reason for that, mm-hmm. but I put them in a better mood. They blessed someone, that person blessed someone, and it just went on and on and on forever. And it's not about getting credit. It's just creating a vibe for it to be created. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I'm at. I'm like, you know, creating to create, and letting it be positive, you know? You see, what you just described is karma. You see, we think what goes around comes around. That's not what karma is. Karma is the cause and effect of something. You know, you, for example, saying hello to that person in the grocery store. Oh, you know, 
I love your, you know, your outfit or whatever. It's yeah. it, that's, and then they feel good about themselves. They comment on something else that's good. They come, and then it's the cause and effect of the whole planet. Same thing is when you put out something negative, you know, you, you cut someone off in their car, they're in the car with their wife, they start arguing with their wife. The kids are in the back, annoying them, they're arguing with their kids. The kids then go to school, angry at their parents. They start, you know, it's, it's, that's the cause. That's what karma is. It's the trickle on effect of what you put out. But, yeah. but basically what you just described to me, I mean, was, was again, like, people focus too much on the crucifixion and not the resurrection. The crucifixion mm. for you was was the drug habit, was the, the 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 your journey up until this point. The resurrection now is exactly what you just described, which is the most important part. It's not about yeah. the fact that you know a person was nailed to the cross and all that type of stuff. That's a part of the story. The resurrection yeah. is the most important. But but mm. because it's something positive, people don't want to talk about it. It's the, it's the negative aspect of us because it's our conditioning to to, to think negative. But you're, I, I love the way your mind is. I mean, it's, you, you articulate things so beautifully um, in the way that you, you articulate them. Um, and I, I want to dive into kind of where, where did that realization of, I, I know you, you did that show Intervention, which, I mean, you had to have wanted to change yourself for you to attract people who want to help uh. you to change. You see what I'm saying? So spiritually, you are the magnet for that, just as you're the magnet for everything bad or that you perceive as bad. Where, where do you think that surrendering came from? The intervention thing come from? Where was that realization? Where was that moment, that, that coming of moment? And I get chills. Um, there's, there were just moments in Vegas where it wasn't necessarily anything like, I mean, the whole situation was horrible. But I think one day I was like walking down the street, my feet hurt real bad and it was hot. <laughs> and um, I just asked myself, I asked myself, what is going on? Then it was that, I think I had this really intimate moment where I said, God, I don't know what to do. Like I'm, I'm spent on ideas. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I didn't ask for anything though. I didn't ask, could you save me? I didn't, I just said, I don't. And then, and it was crazy. Um, <laughs> Man, there was one, uh, there's an idea going on. Um, This person wanted to shoot a YouTube show on people who had moved to Vegas and with dreams and it got sidelined by drugs. And it was like really janky. And um, I was a part of it and then I backed out of it. But then the same thing, the same exact description popped up on, you know, um, on my Facebook thing. And it was crazy. And long story short, not to like jump too far into that. Um, I was contacted by somebody who just wanted to know my story. And that developed into an intervention. And mind you, nobody in my intervention, no one, none of my blood relatives were a part of it. It was my chosen family, I guess, in a sense. Um, my girl, my three best friends from the Navy, and my girl's grandmother. That's who showed up in my intervention. And um, it was like this whole thing, and I didn't know it was happening. And when, I mean, and you can, if you ever, I, I think the episode's still up, but if you ever catch it, it's crazy a part where they ask me, uh, do you want help? But I don't think what people ever really get that feel is that, I didn't know what I was walking into. I didn't know. Like, you know what I mean? 
I thought I was going somewhere to work on music. I think they told me or whatever like that. Then I walk in and it's like, bam, in my face. And that was like that miracle. Like that was that miracle because like I was getting high. Like I was after that, after this, whatever, I, I planned on getting high. But in that moment, I had to stop. They asked me a question that I want help. I couldn't go back to the hotel room that I had with all my stuff in it. Nothing. Yeah. I had to give up everything that I, everything that I had in that moment and get in a van and go to rehab four hours away. Yeah. And um, but like what you were, I think like what you were asking is I was at a desperate, I was at my lowest of lows. Um, and it went back to what that guy said to me, you haven't seen your bottom yet there was my bottom i was a, i was a, a gaze away from there's these things called the tunnels in vegas and i had never been down there yet but like every once in a while my mind would like flow there like what is going on down there and there's nothing good going down, mm-hmm. <laughs> going down there that is when you're done that is when you're done and you just really want to disappear and i just wasn't seeing the value in my life but i hadn't given up hope and yeah man like that when I every I think about that daily, I think not daily, but I think about that a lot out of gratitude for that very moment. You know what I mean? Um yeah, like I, I had I will say that that felt like um the laws of attraction and stuff like where I was desperate, hopeless. Yep. And I didn't know anymore. I didn't know what to do anymore. Yep. It, it's you know? it's um in, in the in the conversations with God, I mean, they talk about God creating two emotions love and fear and i'm like well there's a there's uh, i started breaking down but there's actually more emotions you know all this type of stuff but then you're like actually there isn't happiness Mm -hmm. is love you know every you know everything that you feel good about is love and everything you don't is fear um Mm -hmm. and it says that there is no heaven and hell there is no, no no good and evil god created opposites so that we could understand what one is compared to mm-hmm. the other. So for example, the contrast. the contrast. So, so we know what love is because we have fear. We know what yeah. fear is because we have love, you know, you know what small is because we have, we have big. So it's that, yeah. it's that contrasting thing. Oh, and it, that, I love I get, how you say like love and fear. Cause like a lot of people will equate it to love and hate. No, 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 no. Like hate, hate is, yeah, hate is know, fear. Yeah, I, love, I love that. Yeah, hate yeah. is a fear mm-hmm. of, you know, you know, it's like, right. there's a thin line between love and hate. No, there's a thin mm-hmm. line between love and fear. Yeah. Oh, um, and and I'm like, wow, okay, so it, that makes sense. Why he, why we have love and fear, and then um, you start kind of diving into uh, of the things that you fear or the things that you don't feel good about. And now you, you're someone who understands feelings and emotions and the driving mm-hmm. factor to physical reality. You see when you approach something and you are like, oh, hang on a minute. When you walk into like you describe, I walk into that room, I'm judging that person because that's a mm-hmm. fear based emotion. And you're like, oh, I'll get on with that person. That's a love based emotion Mm -hmm. it may not be the definition of love that we perceive it as you know this kind of flowers and love and movies and all that type of shit the conditioning of it but we have to break down the the kind of schematics of it when you separate the two you're like holy fuck and again a level up moment and i think it's because you know we don't see ourselves as being unique beings factually there's only one of any of us there's only one of you one of me we are the most unique person or being who's ever existed, who's ever going to exist. There's only going to be one you. I'm not talking mm. about the multidimensional you, but there's still only one you, even if there is a multidimensional you anyway. Yeah. 
Um, and I feel like, you know, especially the way you describe things, the addiction of it is, is I think the power of now is so fucking crucial. And yep. that's another book, if you haven't dove into, uh, you know, because we fear the past and we fear the future, which doesn't let us correlate to living in the now. Because if you break mm -hmm. down, you know, the fact of how you was living before in terms of the addiction and, and, and where you were on the streets of Vegas and for, the, for that whole three year period, which is a fucking long time, and where you're living now and the fact that you're putting appreciation on what you see in front of you, even for the fact that I have water in front of me, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Some people don't have water. Yeah. You know, and then you're like, oh, that put me in the now or I'm noticing something like these conversations we're having right now. All I can think about is this conversation now. That means we're completely present. Yeah. And I feel like that's the, the key to manifesting, because when you kind of bring yourself into now and you think about the things you want now, it's going to come a fuck ton quicker than when you're yeah. thinking in past and future. And I mean, I feel like we have to. I, I'll get out of we for a second. I feel like I have to be comfortable with the unknown. Mm -hmm. Like, um, cause I used to live my life in such a, not, you know, that future tripping thing. Like, you know, like they, they say that thing, uh, you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you're from or whatever like that. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where I'm going. All I know is you're right. I do have now. And, you know, going into like the creating to create, like where, I used to create tracks to get money or I used to create tracks to make something dope to get money or whatever. And now it's like, there's, there's no motive, I guess, in a sense where, you know, in my creativity, there's no motive in when I'm doing something for someone else. There's no, mo you know, I don't, I get out of these motives and I become comfortable with not knowing where my life is going to be in three years and trying to set up for that versus just doing work in the now that will set me up three years down the line. Exactly. You yep. know what I mean? And I'm um, like, so I don't, for anybody, listen, I don't want to uh, take, I don't want you to take that the wrong way. Like what I'm saying is, is like for me to try to do something right now to get a result that for, for three years, you just might not get that, you know, you might not get that, but if you just work and work hard and, and do and create and be, just be yourself, you know, like, I just, I honestly feel like it's going to, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, everything's going to be okay. I think being stagnant is horrible. Yeah. Um, not doing anything is horrible, you know? Um, but like, we're, we're being, we're, we're unique, we're unique beings that fit into a whole big piece. You know, like we, it's almost like, yeah, you can, it's, it's, the, it's the most amazing thing. Like you can be yourself and and be a part of like the greater the greater thing that's going on um i don't know if you ever listen to alan watts i love alan watts oh yeah i mean he he said something i mean he said so many things that are so profound but to realize that discord on one level is harmony at another mm -hmm. at another level or another consciousness that like hit me like a ton of bricks when i when i realized i can be grateful for my strife in life for my muck and mire in life and it can be an, a learning experience. And then even more so that at another level, it could be harmony somewhere. And like to embrace that was a really big game changer for me mm -hmm. that, you know what I mean? And um, it's those, that's why like this, like gratitude, like it go, it runs deep with me. It runs deep because the more grateful I am, the more my life opens up. Yeah.
Yeah. You know? Well, see, that's, that's another, another atomic habit that you've created is the gratitude of it because the reward for that is feeling good mm. or feeling better yeah. than when you did before you said, thank you. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So again, it's these little tidbits. And I mean, because uh, again, when, when we, because I try and dice, I, I, I'm always studying. I study people. I study, I know exactly who someone is because of the things around them, right? Not mm-hmm. necessarily for the things they have around them right now. Like I can see where you're at in terms of the room you're in and all that type of stuff. So I can make an informed kind of, I wouldn't say a judgment, but maybe it is of who you are, or who you're trying to become. Mm-hmm. I can see this growth, this expansion, this kind of starting from a plateau, but also having this fucking fuck ton of experience, which you can't throw away or get rid of. Mm-hmm. It's, nope. it's, I mean, regardless of whether the fact it's an addiction or it's a beautiful experience because it's led you to where you are now in this headspace, in this ment- mentality, in this understanding that I am this powerful human who wants to spread love. That's a yeah. fucking beautiful journey. If you kind of dissect it down. I'm not someone who, who, who sees negative things as negative. I see them as experiences that we need to overcome, mm. you know, and that adds to the kind of education of yourself, which I love. I love education. I love where I came from. I wouldn't change 1% of any bad thing that's yeah, ever definitely. happened to me because I wouldn't be where I am having this conversation with you. And I kind of, I, I kind of, again, people who are, cause like people hit me up. It's like, Oh, I, I asked for things, but I don't get them. And I was like, well, I asked for things too. And I don't get them, even though I really want them. It's because mm. I'm asking from a place where I don't have them. Mm. So when I ask for, I don't know, because again, I talk about money and everything on this show. It's, it's not that I love money, even though I do. I, money to me is freedom, freedom because I like yeah. to pick and choose what I want to do. And we live in a society where that's kind of needed. You can, you mm. can walk around and not need money and become Buddha and all this type of stuff, which is great. That's not who I'm trying to become. Yeah. I like the, the fact that my family supported my, you know, I get to spend untold time with my wife we're always together i'm with my my daughter everything else that to me is freedom so for me that my manifestations in in abundance of everything whether it's health love wealth happiness or i focus on the 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 absolute most of it and the Mm. reason why i don't get specifically things i want is because i ask for them and i know i don't have them so the universe gives me more experiences to experience asking for things that i don't have so then I'm like, yeah. okay, well, how can I level up from that? So then I go to appreciation, which, which is what you're doing. So then I appreciate the things that I have, which maintain yep. the things that I have. And then I can say I'm thankful for something I don't have. But then deep down, you know, you have your, you'll have your, your, your level one thoughts. You have your level two thoughts, your level three thoughts. Your level three thought knows you still don't fucking have that shit. Mm-hmm. So therefore, and those are the most powerful ones. That's the subconsciousness in you. So then I'm asking again, I, I'm thankful for this thing I don't have. The universe is still going to make you thankful for the things you don't have. So then what's the level up from that? Then it's faith. I know those things are coming. I know that what I'm doing on this path right now is going to lead me to where the fuck I need to be. And that's great. That's the ultimate trust within yourself and the higher power, whoever you want to call it, the faith aspect Mm -hmm. of it. Then you step into a place of knowing. And I study, I study, you know, rich people and I study billionaires. And I'm like, you cannot manifest being a billionaire because you do not live the lifestyle of the billionaire. Right. It's the experience of it. You can manifest, you manifest the addiction of it because you experience what addiction is. So you know that if you do certain things that you could, it won't happen to you, but you could end up back where you are because you have experienced those things. It's like 
the, the, another thing was you, you see billionaires or whoever go bankrupt and then all of a sudden, boom, that it comes back because right. they've experienced what having it is and then they've experienced not having it and they know, mm-hmm. again, what not to do to not have it again. So yeah. it's the expectation of it. So we now have to move in, which you're operating from is this faith-based um, thought process of this ultimate trust and you're now trusting yourself. Yeah. I mean, that that's so, and that's so crazy true because I think back to when I'm, because I used to work at, I was a lead electrician at Amazon um, and I left the job, moved to Vegas and did all that. And even in the midst of my addiction, when it was towards the, like the, the down bad part, I still scored another job with Amazon at, at, at the same position, making more money. And I was back on for like a short, for, for the longest three weeks of my life. <laughs> like I was back in there, but people, that's so crazy. I was, uh, people around me like, yo, how in the world you, that's crazy. Like, cause they see me out there using, doing drugs. I mean, at that time I was shooting up and everything. Like I was bad. And they were like, how do you swing that? I mean, the knowledge didn't really go anywhere. I knew the ins and outs of how to position myself to be picked. Then knowing I had a military back, I knew every, I already knew how to get there. So I was able to get back in that situation. Now I couldn't hold it because COVID hit and all this crazy stuff. But I even got thankful for that because like, I mean, who knows what would have happened in that situation. But I mean, I was falling asleep at a forklift. <laughs> like, so, you know, but that, I mean, I just think that that parallel is interesting, like to like the whole billionaire thing. Like, you know, once you're somewhere, you know how to get there. You have the experience to get there. You can get back there. They even they've implemented a test or whatever to get you there. And I passed the test and whatever. It was cool. But like, that's why now in my life, I'm sitting patient. And I'm sitting here and I'm learning and I get out of myself and moving too fast. And it's weird. It's weird for me to move like this. It's weird for me to like sit here. And um, I mean, a lot of times more than other people, like I could leave my situation that I'm in right now, but like things keep opening up for me to stay here and I'm in acceptance of learning whatever I have to learn. So when I am out of this situation, I can still be in gratitude. I could still be progressing and just like look at it as a beautiful thing that didn't happen, didn't that I didn't like impose my will upon. Mm-hmm. Because anytime I've ever imposed my will in life, it's failed miserably, horribly. Like anytime I was selfish and there's, I think, you know, the selfish is such a negative word sometimes, but when you learn what it really is, it's such a beautiful thing because I mean, like selfish is survival. And if you're, if you're, if you're now it could be a negative thing to even be in survival mode, but where I'm going with it is that the kind of selfishness that I need to have is fixing, not fixing, but learning and, and, and bringing out the best of me right now in this humble state. So when I'm in a less like, you know, physically humble manner, I know how to conduct myself and I know how to, I know how to be in gratitude and be, be accessible to one myself and to the people around me in the most positive way. There's this, there's this part in the, in the big book, man. Um, it's a cool book to check out. Uh, it's for addicts, I guess, but like, it's such a book, like 
they do this whole little thing where it's like, um, I'm, I'm an actor and I want to control the lights on the stage. I want to control, I want to be the director too. And then um, I, I wrote the lines for everyone also, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's such a big thing in fear because, you know, control, like being such a control freak is like, because you're scared, you know what I mean? Like it's fear. Mm-hmm. And um, they get to this part, you know, you want to control the lights and all this stuff. And they, it goes, even when I mean, even when I mean, well, am I not, and I'm butchering this, but even when I mean, well, am I not a um, sower of confusion and destruction? And like, you know what I mean? Even though I'm, and I've been there so many times where I'm trying to do something good for somebody, but I just create chaos because I'm trying to control it so much, mm-hmm. man. And like this, you know, living now where I'm at, um, there's like in a sober living, there's a multiple people living here. And I'm actually, I'm one of the co-managers here now. And um, I have to make sure guys are cleaning, make sure guys are this. And that's not hard for me. I was in the military. I know how to get shit done. Yeah. But this isn't the military. So no one's dropping and giving me 50. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I have to sometimes meet people where they are and under, and have love and compassion. Like, approach everything with so much love and compassion, but at the same time, set boundaries at the same time, set boundaries. So I'm not being walked over. I'm getting results and balancing the fact that, yo, I can't just like tell homie over there to do whatever I need him to do any kind of way I want, because one, I might not get the results and two, it'll cause something that, and and put us both in a position where we really don't want to be. So without you know, and that's where my hyper masculinity gets challenged. And that's where um, my love and compassion comes in. And I have to put these things into practice every day that, you know, this person isn't where I'm at. And I don't even have to desire for them to be where I'm at. All I know is, is that we're puzzle pieces and we all can fit together in this house and make this house a wonderful place to be. Yeah. Like, how can we do that, guys? Like, do you guys have any suggestions? Mm-hmm. Here's the one I have, <laughs> like, you know. And it's just, you know, you just become creative with it. And the more and more I learn to like live in love with that, then that's cool. You know what I mean? Like it, it works out. That's beautiful. I mean, it, it, I call it the Montessori approach. I, um, I raise my daughter that way. So, you know, like I don't, I don't give her yeah. things to learn. I put things out and then she goes to them to learn herself. But, mm-hmm. but I'm, you know, it's the guidance. You know, I don't, uh, I see where, you know, when kids have tantrums, especially in the park, and you see the parent, you know, you can't do that. And then there's no explanation of why they can't do that. But I explain everything to my daughter. And after a couple of, she's like, okay, she gets, you know, but you don't just say, yeah. no, you can't do that. This is why you can't do that. Yeah. You see what I mean? This is such a simplistic. And then you're giving, what you're suggesting is you're giving them the power. What do you suggest is giving the power back to them of what they should suggest. Um, but I love what you just said. I mean, it's that kind of, you know, because I live like now, it's like, when I used to, because I was a, a vice president of Sony Publishing and, you know, I had signed some great people, went to the best concert, met some of the biggest artists in the world. But I, but I, I hated the competition of it. The competition, mm. because you had, you had market share, you had this, you had that, you were working for a corporation. So you had to deliver results consistently, which yeah. is fine. I always delivered results. It wasn't an issue for me. But, but it, I always operate from a place there's enough for everyone. There literally is. And when you operate from a place of competition, that means you attract competition into your life. 
Yeah. Now I don't attract competition. I don't com- compete with anyone. There's enough for everyone. There's literally the dollar is unlimited amount of printing goes on. So there is technically logistically enough for everyone on the mm-hmm. whole entire universe. It's just, we are conditioned to believe that there's a lack of, right. um, and then it's this kind of, you know, I, I have to hit these milestones. I have to be this successful by this age, or I have to do this by that. I have to pass my grades by this and or, all these type of things that we create fear-based things of who the fuck created that. It's society created. It's not something that we create ourselves or maybe yeah. we do per se, but they don't exist. There's no time constraints. It's like, I'm chill now because I know that my conditioning is the older I get, the more I, the more money I make. Mm-hmm. And again, money is probably one of the driving factors of me as well, as well as my family and my love and my daughter, which is freedom to do that. So I know the older I get, the more I make money. So I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to try and uncondition that conditioning right, because right. I know there's the natural progression of us as becoming adults because we see our parents doing it and our grandparents and everything. The difference is now... I don't, I I don't find life being hard. It was my reaction to the things I was doing that was making it hard. It was my resistance, Mm. the resistance to everything. You know, it's like waking up. I'm so tired. Resistance. Going to sleep. I'm not tired enough. Resistance. I don't have that. The resistance or this or that resistance. We can, we, we condition ourselves on a daily basis to have all these resistances. And now I'm unconditioning those resistances to being like, well, this is easy. This conversation to me is easy because we're talking yeah. about something that we feel. We're talking about mm. something that is honest, is truthful. The truth should should only be easy. Mm. Yeah. Man, I, I, to be honest, this is probably one of the best conversations I've ever had. Man, I mean, this is amazing. I mean, like a small, I, I love what you were just saying. You know, growing up, they liken a lot, or like as kids, you know, we're either cops or robbers or we're animal, like, you know, in the animal kingdom, I want to be the lion. I want to be the, you know... But recently it just like dawned on me one of the most oldest, beautiful things like on this planet that grows are um, like trees, trees. And I just started growing bonsai trees and um, it's teaching me a lot of patience. Like, um, but just like below, it is above these trees, they grow roots and they go deep into the ground. They don't cut each other down. to like get their roots deeper, nor do they like hit each other, do all these weird things when their branches grow. They really just intertwine mm-hmm. and continue to progress together as long as there's like no human interference. And um, like, that's like the state of being that I'm in, like with everyone I come in contact with today. Like I'm not in competition. Like we can grow this together and I'm, I might be a smaller tree. You might already be the super duper weeping willow, <laughs> like already. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I'm, I, naturally if we act more in a natural state of community and harmony i'm gonna follow suit with you and i'm okay with you like your 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 growth and because i'm gonna grow too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and the more and more i get into like the 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 competition thing especially with my bros and not not i'm talking about like intimate friends but i'm talking about every bro on this earth like you know what i mean like when we come into contact each other we don't have to like stick our chests out you know like my sponsor talks about it a lot when he's at the gym He'll look over and he's so funny. Um, his name is Russell Howard. He's a great guy. He looks over and he's like, bro, those deadlifts you're doing are mm, like, they're awesome, bro. You know what I mean? Like we don't pay these like compliments to each other because we feel like we're in a constant state of like, well, I'm lifting 400 pounds and he's mm-hmm. only lifted 200. So he's not on my level yet. That's like, that's madness, but it's conditioning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's conditioning. And you know, me personally, I'm just getting, I'm, I'm, out of that you know what i mean like 
happens a lot with making beats and stuff like that. And what equipment is this person using? What equipment? Um, I grew up, I had to find, I had to accept that I'm a real musician one day because I felt myself constantly going to people who knew music theory and all this. And then I got out of that. I was just like, I'm a musician because I make music mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter where I, but I'm a musician and I don't need the acceptance of mu- musicians who do music a different way. You know what I mean? I just need to do what I need to do and create to create. <laughs> like, and you know, once you, once you come out of those things, not needing the approval of other people, then you know, you can just like live a more free life, get out of the competition shit, get yeah. out of the, and just live. Like, yeah, that's, that's live. freedom. I mean, it, cause yeah. I say the same things. It's like, you know, the, the, the issue isn't the drugs per se. The issue isn't the alcohol. Yeah. The issue isn't any of these things. And I feel like what you're doing now is these small collective wins, which is the, mm-hmm. the consciousness. It's like, you know, like uh, the war on poverty is operating from a lack of food. Or, 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 or homes or any type of thing, what would be the solution to that? The solution would be to go in and change the mental state of poverty, to change, mm-hmm. the, to flip the poverty into something else, to bring resources, education, you know, things that people can work themselves out of poverty, the mental state, yeah. you know, those are the solutions, not specifically, I'm going to hand over a bunch of cash and this is what we're going to do. Because yeah. what's going to happen is, and if people don't understand this, is if the world's, you know, the, the world's one, if people talk about the world's 1%. Mm-hmm. The world's 1% wealth went to the 99%. You know where the, where the wealth would end back up? Back to the 1%. Because yeah. the mental state of the 1%, that's where they're at. And the, and, and the mental state of the 99%, that's where they're at. And until we, like for you now, the conversation is like this, what you're doing, what, what, you, what you're co-managing um, at, at, the, at the Sober Center and all those type of things, those are wins. Those are wins. wins. If you can change one fucking person, you wins. are winning. Literally, and and collectively, if we can do that on a fucking huge scale, all come together and collectively change what we want. Like, because I've been so stressed about, you know, I'm an Arab and and, and you know the whole Palestinian and Israeli thing and all that. Type mm-hmm. of, and that, I, and I don't. And the reason why I like to separate myself from 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 society and news and everything else is because I like to maintain my mental state. Yeah, and this is the only thing that has made me. It's consumed me. Because it's consumed me because there's children, you know, Palestine's a young, very young culture, very educated culture. There's not poverty and, and, and broken down buildings. There's scientists there. There's like, it's an education mm. there. Yeah. It's a hugely like um, abundant uh, uh, place. It's a, it used to be a beautiful place, beautiful oceans, beautiful beaches, beautiful type of things. But it's consumed me. So now I'm like, okay, now I've become the issue because I'm consumed by the issue of what's going on there. But the issue is the education behind it. What is my fucking solution? And that's the thing that's been yeah. racking my brain of how can I help? And, 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 and right now I don't have the answer. I mean, there's, there's a few people on the ground there. There's a, you know, I, I need to figure out, and that's what I'm consumed by now because I, you know, I have a young child and, and, you know, and I, I had the sea spiracy guy on as well and protecting our oceans. That's another issue, which he, he, but that's yeah, not going to fix bro. the issue. <laughs> the Seaspiracy documentary brought the awareness to the issue. Now it's up to us to figure out the solution. That solution. made me so mad. That made me like, it made me so mad. Like, cause I, I, I think I listened to that one last night and here I am changing my diet and I just started working out again. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to just drop like a lot of the red meat, just eat salmon and all this and that. And then we, 
I hop on that shot. I'm like, ah, but in that first, and I'll be honest, at first I got into my, well, I'm not doing that, bro. Cause I I love me some fish and I love me to, and then he said, do we really want to be that species? Mm -hmm. And it struck and it hit me in the heart. Like, do I like, there's a lot of destruction going on. And like, it just puts, it put me in a place where, you know, with this whole spiritual psychic change and all that, it's just like, yeah, that like you're saying living living in the solution um that's so crazy like i used to years ago i was one of those people who would hop on facebook um you know before like the blm stuff and like i just was really just irate at the way society is uh versus like other cultures and people and the you know blacks being shot and persecuted and happening you know happening around the world and i would just have these long posts just pay like on just ranting man mm-hmm. and for a long time i just along with because of my dick i just got off the like facebook kick and off the my opinions and stuff because all i was doing i was typing what would be or thinking solutions and all these conspiracy that stuff started to consume my life and i had to simplify my life and get into love and compassion for the person that I'm right here next to and changing their life. And that's that, that's that theory that I'm talking about, like dropping the pebble in the water where, you know, a lot of us think sometimes that we got to affect like this, uh, like this mass of people where like, I feel like individually, if we affect one, like each and every yes. one of us on this earth, just affect one person yep. positive, it just keeps flowing and keeps flowing and keeps flowing. And we all get this big win off those tiny little wins. You yep. know what I mean? And 100%. it's a lot simpler my life is better. Um, I'm less conflicted with things and I'm met with less resistance, you know, and I can breathe because of that. You know, because I have these things um, like I want to get rid of the notion of tags or or, or, or identification, for example, um, you know, black, white, like all these gay, straight, all this type, because they come with stereotype cultural connotations of who you think that person should be. Because mm-hmm. my 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 um stepdad's African American from Mississippi actually he uh he was in the Air Force, uh okay. my mum met him on an Air Force base I don't know what she was doing on an Air Force base but you know, um she was a single parent with five kids before he came so, um and it's this this kind of notion of when you feel a certain race like you feel this is what I'm trying to condition is you feel you should feel like you not that you are something outside yeah. of you the, the physical reality of you. If you feel great about yourself, you feel great. And then you're going to attract great shit on the inside. If you feel that someone else is against you or a specific type of person is against you, you're going to see evidence of that in your physical reality because that's the way you feel. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the manifest, physical manifestation of it. Yeah. So the solution to that is, is to not lead with fear. It's to, again, just to switch to the love aspect. Love thy mm-hmm. neighbor. Like you just said, it's the small wins. It's I love you for you because I love myself. You yeah. cannot harm me because I can only harm myself. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And then once you start, and then you start seeing the evidence of it outside of you and you're like, okay, now I'm on a plateau where I am on a vibration where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even do, I just recently had a uh, dealing with a guy who was living here and he was a little bit racist, but moreover, he just had an issue with authority. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had that moment where, Ariel, is he, 
I was having this conversation with myself, like, yo, like, is he a racist? And I was like, here you go. Just stop. First off, you don't know that he's that. (laughs) So let's not even go there yet. Let's deal with the issue at hand. He has, he gives you guff for whatever you give him when it's just normal operations of the house. So let's have this conversation. Hey, hey. And then it, it boiled over. And in there, in our when we finally butt heads for the first time in my life, for the first time in my life, I was able to sit there and accept what he was saying. He called names. He did this. He even threatened me like physically. And I said, in that moment, I said, what would you do? What would you have never done in the past in this moment? Like the one thing you would never ask for help. Mm-hmm. So I p- picked up the phone and I called the owner of the house and I got some assistance with this instead of taking it into my own hands, which would have been a physical manner, Mm -hmm. which would have changed the whole course of my life. Even if I was justified in hitting him or whatever, that would have immediately possibly removed me from here. And I would have had to make this scrambled situation about what to do next in 20 minutes Mm -hmm. where I took the insults, bypassed my hyper-masculinity and said, all right, cool. So I'm going to ask for help. Now I have other people involved. They see the way you're acting. Now you're only changing the course of your life, not mine. <laughs> and, and more power to that person. And I, and I get to walk away from that with no resentments, no ill will towards them. My life doesn't change in a negative manner. And they're getting right now, they're getting the help that they need in a facility that's suitable for them. So it's a win-win, whether they know it or not. Yeah. And that's just that's me fu- getting out of fucking, the eat. That is powerful, bro. That is the yeah, coming me. to realize. That's the realization of when someone is doing that. It's the way they feel about themselves that is ref- trying to reflect on you. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah, it's nothing. just and 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 again, that's a level up. And that's what we're here. We're here to level up consistently. And that's when when you mentioned before in the in the podcast is the stagnation is why we get unhappy. It's because we're mm-hmm. not leveling leveling up spiritually or emotionally or physically or any of these type of things. We are we are not having these conversations. Yeah, just about yourself. And it's so, and what you described is it's a simple thing. It's the kind of patience. It's being like, okay, this guy's doing this shit. It's you know, it's nothing to do with me. It's clearly something to do with him. It's not not for me to, to to judge him. Not for me to to kind of get down to his empathetic level. What you did was from compassion, and I speak mm-hmm. about this on the show. Is the difference between empathy and compassion? Empathy is you become them. Yeah. I empathize with you. I am you. No, 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 no. I am compassion for you. I'm the solution to what you're seeking. I'm also yeah. the solution for my own shit. Yeah, man. Seriously, I mean, this has been beautiful. You are. The way your in your mind is so fucking intellectual. The way you articulate things is stunning. Oh, I am honestly in awe of you. I think you are on such a beautiful path, and this is why we're here to to expand, to experience, to learn, to love. To I mean, God created fear. We're here to fear, to understand what fucking love is. It's the experience yeah. aspect of it, and it's we're not here to hide away from anything. We're here to embrace it embrace that yeah. the fact that you're feeling a little scared and you're fearful because you know what love <laughs> is you understand and talk about it let it out the reason why my mind is so quiet is because i'm constantly speaking about what i'm thinking about and that's the yeah, difference yeah. between you see what i'm saying so yeah 
man, thank you so much. You need anything from me? You know where I'm at. Oh, For sure, man. I know you shot me an email. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through everything. Um, I call it Music Monday. So mm. people send me okay. a ton of music, and I'm, I'm gonna go through my shit. But you are insanely courageous. Like, oh, thank you, brother. Uh, and I appreciate your transparency and your truth. It's, it, it's. I, I, I honestly something to be marvelled at, um, and, and, and it, it's yeah, it's beautiful. Man, thank you, thank you for having me on here, bro. Like, uh, like I said, this is a a manifestation, and like, um, I, I wanted to have this conversation with you, bro. Like, you know what I mean? And like, it's just it's just chopping it up, which has been amazing, man. And um, you know, I, I hope our I hope our conversation like gives someone some freedom. You know what I mean? Like, if it's just one person, just give them some freedom, and um get them out of that dark place bro because mm-hmm. i've been there and i think you've been there too so, absolutely you know it's it, it's funny because there's many a time i mean the podcast, doing podcasts is not easy you know there's a lot you know a lot of research goes behind this like a lot of you know uh education in terms of the books i'm reading the kind of everything in mm-hmm. life lifespan and and there's points where i'm like you know i'm done i'm, I'm, I'm tired breaking up a little bit oh uh, can you hear me yeah i think it's hello yeah, so am I. You're back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was just saying, yeah. and it's, and it, and it was messages like this. Um, when you send me that, kind of reinvigorate my my passion for kind of getting awesome, putting the power back to people to understand the, the yeah. power they possess and understanding that power and it's such a beautiful thing. There's nothing to to be afraid of the unknown. The unknown is beautiful because you are creating it, regardless mm-hmm. of whether it's good or bad. You are the creator behind it, and to me, that's beautiful. Yeah. You know? I appreciate that, man. Like you're you're doing you're doing an amazing thing, man. And like I'm glad I'm definitely glad you answered it. And um it was just it just was on my heart to like even even when we whether we're doing things on a large scale or a major scale, whatever, but like I I make it a personal thing of mine. If someone's a I've never done it before, like if someone's affecting me and and, and especially in my recovery and helping me, then you know what I mean? Like I, I want to let them know. You know what I mean? I want to let them know. And maybe one day that message will find them and I'll be like, well, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like this, this is reaching because you're, you're reaching people. You know what I mean? Like you reach me. And like I said, I just put the word feelings in the podcasting and you popped up and bang, it was off and running from there. You know what I mean? And like, even if it's, even if it's just sometimes before I go to bed at night and I lay my head down on that pillow, I'm, I'm tuning in, you know what I mean? And I catch, I catch these gems, these gems from, from people that are wherever they are in life. And I appreciate it. And it's like, like the, the, the questions raised, the conversations had, like they're, they're reaching people. So like hats off to you, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate you so much. Mm. Um, appreciate you too, brother. Perfect, bro. Take care. Be safe. Yeah. All right, man.